once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the podcast where two best buds, because we are best buds. You're my best bud. Um, Aww, that's cute. Help each other with their mental health by not talking about it and talking about movies instead, because that's what men do. Yay, men. <sighs> but also we do we, we do talk about our mental health. Uh, we just try and keep it, you know, sociable so that people give the slightest shit about it can also enjoy the show. It's a thinly veiled, disguised movie podcast. Mental health check-in. M- mental health break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've both had mental breakdowns. Menti bees. You've had a you slid a few menti bees in there in our time. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I get to what we're doing, I feel it's important to ask Ben, how are you doing? That's really sweet, man. Thank you. Um, I'm ill, so that's fun. Good. Yeah. So feeling great. Feeling great. Like the weirdest parts of my skin are super sensitive, like my elbows. Nice. The backs of my knees. That's a bit super odd. sensitive. Yeah. Don't know why. Okay. Yeah. Spicy eyeballs, which is you know where you feel like your eyes are really, really warm. Yeah. But also your entire body is freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Dry eyes. Dry eyes with with cold sweats is always a good combo. I had a bit of a wobble yesterday. I think for the first time since being sober, I had like kind of the world is crumbling around you type moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no crutch to lean on. Yeah, so that was fun. Well that done. Fun. You're still here. You're still sober. Thanks. So that's a little round of applause. Yeah. You can. There's there's a couple of thousand yeah. people out in the world now doing a little mental round of applause for you being a good boy. I mean, it just it makes it so much fucking clearer as to why the whiskey and the cocaine was so easy. Oh god. For yeah. the last like, <laughs> yeah, 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 few yeah. years, you know what I mean? They fixed it all. They really did. Yeah. I mean, it was all short term and horrible. Oh, it yeah. was the worst thing to, to treat it yeah. with. But fuck it, short term. All yeah, you're ever men. doing is taking a loan out against future you. You're you're stealing tomorrow's happiness yeah. and having it today. And then you wake up the next day and go, oh, I'm fucking miserable. Yeah. I can always take out another short term loan. Yeah. yeah. But see, at this point, I was miserable and I knew I was going to be miserable the next day. So I was like, well, fuck it. There's, no, there's nothing to steal. Uh, I may as well just stare at the ceiling into the abyss and panic. <laughs> So you're in an absolute blender at the moment. It was all right though, to be honest, mate. I fucking it was it was all a case of just seeing the day through, not getting in my own head about it. Yeah, I was fucking. My thoughts were going a thousand miles an hour. I just needed to to take deep breaths, have each moment come as it came, mm-hmm. and then you know deal with it little bit by little bit. And here I am looking at your fucking face, and that's cheering me up. So that's good. And I've got a little ginger beer, so that's nice. Nice. See, still on the beer. All is l. All is well that ends well. Yep. That's that's a phrase. That's, that's a quote. A, that's one of them. Yeah, that's something. How are you, buddy? <laughs> oh, we got there. Uh, <laughs> I like you have been struggling with some stuff uh, on YouTube. I can't remember the name of the creator, but he he got a recording of a cat that meows weird in a corridor and remixed it into a song. Right, and it goes. Sometimes I'm a wrong. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm a rogue, a rogue. And that's been stuck in my head for like three days. So I we're both yeah. we're both really going through it right now. It, mate, in the warm up to this, you've been doing that nonstop and I didn't know what it was. I just <laughs> it also literally irritated the fuck out of me. So I was like, I'm not gonna draw attention to it because then you're gonna do it more. Yeah. But no, you saved it for the episode. It's just that's it's fun. It's all I've really had on <laughs> in the last couple of days, to be honest, buddy. Nice. It's just nice. that right. song. Um just a cat singing in a hallway. Yeah, so let's move on. And I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you now, finally, what are we doing? Buddy, we are doing the 2023 Cobweb. Wah. Which, let me tell you, mate, I've been looking forward to doing something like this. We've been on the Christopher Nolan train for a while. We've been doing, you know, 
Mm-hmm. A few movies in between here and there, but nothing that's like, I don't know, horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, I, it, I took you away from your horror roots for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been good to get you back in your comfort zone, you know, wrapped up on your little duvet of familiarity. Bit of a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just dismay. Yeah. And it's fantastic. So we, I, I picked Cobweb because it is a brand new movie that's out. It's in the cinemas at the moment. I didn't know what I was getting into with it. I just went mm-hmm. to the cinema randomly to go watch Cobweb. Heard a few good things about it. Heard a few bad things about it. Didn't listen to either. Wanted to go make my own mind up about it. And was like fucking massively pleasantly surprised. Nice. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I had loads of fun with this. I, for all the wrong reasons. I had not heard of this <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, you right. text me and was like, I've just gone to see Cobweb. And I'm like, oh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, opening my phone and Googling as, as we talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that looks great. Oh, Anthony Starr. Yeah, I've heard loads of... I had not heard a single word about this mm. film. Uh, interestingly, I think Lionsgate, the distributor and, and studio behind this film, hate this film. I think somebody on the production has done something awful or rejected the wrong producer's sexual advances because weird things with this <laughs> Why? right it got a really limited theatrical run across the u.s across everywhere right it did it had next to no marketing budget yeah it did and they've yet to release yeah. any domestic box office numbers for it whatsoever so i was looking it up cost around 25 mil mm-hmm. to make and uh, slashfilm.com even commented that Lionsgate have deliberately not released any box office numbers for this movie. They've released it in way fewer markets. If you think of a film like Smile, similar budget, still did really well. And yet this, not a fucking word. They've literally snuck it through the door. And you think, okay, well, it must be a piece of shit film then. But I've seen it. It's not a piece of shit film. Right? So... Who said no to an eye contactless hand job <laughs> in the making of this film? Because somebody must have. I'd tell you what it is, right? I think it's because it's a bit of a goofy left fielder. You know what I mean? Like the actual, yeah. the, the movie itself is mental. Yes. And the fact that you're thinking, how well is this going to do in, you know, like in cinemas whilst Barbie's still out, whilst Oppenheimer's still out, yeah. whilst everyone's sort of, you know, fresh off that kind of thing. And then we're like, I here's f- a... If only they had some way of controlling when the film came out, you know? Yeah. If only the studio were in some sort of position where they could decide when to release it, I would feel... Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but the fact that they're just stuck there going, oh no, this movie mm-hmm. has to come out during Oppenheimer yeah. and Barbie being in cinemas, and there's nothing we can do. Hey, but hear me out. Is this mental, horror, thriller, family drama, forward slash, creature feature, mm. home invasion, mm. monster, monster movie, is this going to do well <laughs> at any time? <laughs> I guess Halloween. Yeah, they kind of fucked it, man. Yeah. It would have been great in October. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get into the fucking movie because I've watched it a few times. Yeah, yeah. I do this with every film that we cover. I watch it two or three or four times and I get a little bit obsessed with it and I start looking into... Yeah. Okay, so if we're living in this world... Yeah. What makes sense and what doesn't? What are the rules of this world? This film adheres to none of its own rules. No. I fucking adore it. (laughs) I love it. Because this is like 80s B-movie fucking movie rules, right? There is... 100%. Anything goes at all points. 100%. (laughs) So for the benefit of the listeners at home, so that you can understand what we're talking about later in the episode, we're going to do a quick little five-line breakdown of the movie. Now, this is still out, so if you want to see this film and you haven't... Go watch it and then come back. But make sure you come back. Yeah. Because we want that attention. We do. This is what we live for. For those of you that are still here, nom, 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 nom. young, shy, and bullied, Peter lives with his strict in a scared way mum and his strict in a scary way dad in the little town of Holdenfield, a town where nothing happens except that one time a little girl went missing on Halloween. After hearing noises through his bedroom wall one night, Peter's parents insist... He is only hearing rats and lay out poison for these rats while their grip becomes more and more merciless and cruel. The one ray of light in young Peter's life is his new substitute teacher, 
Mr. Vine, who cares as much for him as she seems to care about educational protocol or boundaries. The noises in Peter's wall are in fact being caused by a little girl who was trapped in there, who's desperate for him to not share this knowledge with his strict parents. The girl claims to be his sister and becomes Peter's only real friend, encouraging him to take less shit with bolder actions, starting with standing up to his bullies and ending with standing up to his parents. By poisoning them, of course, he murders the shit out of them with rat poison in in their soup. Let's the little girl out discover she's in fact a disgusting spider beast that can fucking crawl up walls and pop heads with a disgustingly massive spider mouth. Uh, what follows is a splattertastic murder fest of half-dead parents and bullies who trick-or-treated the wrong fucking house at the right time. Miss mm. Devine, sticking her nose in yet again, manages to turn up and save the day mm-hmm. by trapping Peter's sister under a massive pint glass. Peter slides a huge sheet of paper under the glass and they throw the beast out the window. Now, Ben, that incredibly accurate and true to the plot story uh, there I, kind of leads me to my next question, which is, what drew you to this movie? Because I, I, again, saw nothing, heard nothing of it. Right. This is purely, mate. I, since watching Nolan, you've broadened my horizons a little bit. So I've been pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and I've been watching dramas. I've been watching period pieces. I've been watching historical movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like deep hitting stuff. Your I've been watching cinema. Your taste. That's what I'm that's what I've been like edging into. And I've been having fun with it, right? Yeah. We needed to get back to to my world. We needed to yeah. get back to somewhere that is comfortable. Creepy. Familiar. But goofy and stupid and yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just watching this was fun. That's what drew me in. Okay. Spider Beast. Spider Beast. Big fucking Spider Beast. Was the Spider Beast uh, in the promotional material? Because knowing nothing about mm. this, I was I was like, this is definitely a demon. Okay. And what it is, is it's the ghost of the little girl that went missing. His parents oh, definitely murdered yeah. them. And, yeah, 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 and yeah. It's, it turns out that his parents are the villains. I had at no point put Spider Beast in my like bingo card for this movie. Right, okay. Do you want to know where I was going with it in the cinema? Right. Because I've been watching your type of movies, mate. I was thinking, oh, this is quite a hard-hitting family piece. This is quite quite an interesting family drama Uh that's going on here. And in my mind, it went to little girl in the wall, brutally murdered the little girl from a few doors down. So the parents hid the body in the garden, but also because they couldn't control their murderous daughter, locked her away, and were like, we cannot, we cannot uh, let her out into the world. So you were kind of half right. Not really. All of that, it's, it <laughs> is all of that, plus Spider Beast. None of that was wrong. No, no, no. No, the parents did did kill her, their little girl. Oh, right, okay. Because the little yeah, girl yeah, was yeah. trying to help Spider get... Uh, we keep calling her Spider Beast. Her name is Sarah. Right, okay. So the little girl was trick-or-treating, and she tried to help Sarah escape. And that's when the parents were like... I kind of prefer Spider-Beast. Yeah, same. All right, so the little girl was trick-or-treating, and she tried to help Spider-Beast escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so the parents killed her. Right. They were like, you know too much. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely fucking not. In the garden you go, under the pumpkin patch. Lovely job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they hit the door away and were like, you're a fucking... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Essentially, this is what drew me in. I was impressed by the film. In lots same. and lots of ways. But I did same, think same. when I was watching it, it was a... Because you know me, I'm Mr. Wanky mm-hmm. Cinema, so I'm like, what's this film mm-hmm. actually about? Oh, you were looking for the subtext. I was looking for the subtext. And oh, I was it's like... there, buddy. Oh, it is there. So there's a whole, like, Babadook thing, right? Where it's almost Babadook. Babadook. Almost. It is Babadook. It's, fa- it's, fa- it's, it's a parental abuse leading, turning you into a monster... And that's why she says, you know, you and I are the same. I'll always be with you because she's a she's a literal manifestation of bad parenting. You know, Oh, you took it like that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's okay. the, she's the Babadook monster of their awful parenting. I get that. I think Babadook's more more grief, though. You know what I mean? Babadook is like the, the learning to deal with grief. Totally. They've just swapped out the thing that the monster represents. The yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, the yeah. It's okay. the Babadook too. It's the gobbledygook. In the bin. <sighs> How dare you? Um, <laughs> You've been waiting for that. But there's some fantastic performances in this. There is. There's, it's incredibly well directed. The production design is. is on point. So I was mm-hmm. I was fully into this. 
And I was, I'm shocked to hear that you think that this film is a logical nightmare. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> right. Hear me out. Right. The film is great. Logically, it is mental because the physics change halfway through the movie. Yes, they do. Yes. So the movie is set in our universe or you think it's in our universe where, yeah. you know, this shit can happen. Yeah. Like you said, it is very, very Babadook. It's, it's, you took it as parental abuse. I took it as like mm-hmm. a deep, dark family secret uh, yeah, yeah. slash guilt that yep. was, that's, it's gone on too long to be dealt with in yeah. a healthy way. Do you know what I mean? So now it's just always with you and it's handed down from generation to generation to generation. Hence why. Generational trauma. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I took from it. Logically, it's mental. It is literally your one moment you're in a world where a substitute teacher just randomly shows up to kids' houses. Okay, it's a bit far fetched. <laughs> bit much. It's a bit yeah, yeah. odd. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, calm down. You've had staff training. Come on, you know this is you know this is not acceptable. No bruises, no bother. Fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally printed out on A4 paper above the staff room door. No bruises, no bother. Yeah, yeah, dude. They're sat there sipping their coffee. That's it, man. When I was a graphic designer, the <laughs> amount of teachers that would come in and be like, do you print t-shirts? I was like, no, sorry. No, I don't. Well, what are you after on it, sorry? Uh, no bruises, no bother? <laughs> oh, you're a teacher? <laughs> yes, I am, sir. <laughs> You've got the first bit of the film where obviously like the kids being bullied, it, you know, it's quite, it's relatable. It's it's not, I wouldn't say hard hitting, but it's it's sad. Yeah. And it sort of pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. The second that Sarah escapes that tiny door and is like running around on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, yeah. creeping around the walls. Doing her Lionel Richie bit. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Super fun, right? Super fun. But logically, come on, man. So I come think on. I think a lot of that, I a lot of that is the reason that some people didn't like this film because it yeah. sells the first two thirds as a psychological horror yeah. in the vein of Hereditary and then the Babadook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last third, it goes... It's a creature feature. Surprise. <laughs> and you're either delighted at that fact yeah. or you're hideously disappointed. And I think there is a portion of the audience that's going to be hideously disappointed and go, I thought this was hereditary. I thought this was the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And it's actually turned out to be the blob or the fly or Jaws. Spider creature in the walls. Yeah. I've got a comparison to Jaws. Right. With the creature feature last third of the film. And I think they did it fucking brilliantly. I know what you're saying. I think people that didn't like this film really invested into the first two thirds of it. Yes, they did. They loved that. And then for it to go super goofy and campy for the yeah. last third, they're like, what yeah, yeah. the fuck? Because it feels cheap. If that's not what you're looking for and that's not what you're wanting, yeah. it feels like they fluff the ending rather than it's a deliberate turn. Yeah, it does feel that way. Some, like In the cinema, I was watching it and I was like, you could feel yeah, yeah. the people around me just sort of sitting there going, huh? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was incredible. I was having the time of my life. You feel like you're being driven to your nan's funeral and at the last minute they take a sharp left-hand turn and it's Disneyland. To me, yeah, that's never a bad about thing. Disneyland. I was going to say sharp left turn, McDonald's. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think this is the different pay grades that we're at at the moment in our life. Like, I'm happy with a fucking, with like a McPlant. Oh, mate, I'm happy with McDonald's. You need to be dancing with, with fucking Mickey. I would, you know I've mean? never been to Disneyland. I never want to go. I missed the opportunity to go as a child because we didn't even go to fucking Flambards when I was a kid. We were poor. We didn't, you know, Trago Mills. Oh, exciting. You're naming these places like I'm going to know where they are. Some people will. Three people who live in Devon yeah. will get this <laughs> and they'll feel so included. And they never are, mate. <laughs> right? All right. Yeah, fair. fair. Devon visibility, man. Fight fight the power. Uh, <laughs> fight the power. Fight the power. Do you know what I think would have made this... Uh, do you know what I think would have made this film more accepted? Or not more accepted, but better received. Right. If it was two films... Right. Rather than one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying go, go the Evil Dead, then the Evil Dead 2 route. Have the first one be incredibly hard-hitting, and then have the second one be a, a soft reboot. Exactly in my notes is Evil Dead. <laughs> Hit it straight. Yeah, yeah. Keep it horror. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, bring out the spider beast. Right. Make it goofy fun. And right? then, so Cobweb 3 would be young Peter traveling back in time to, say, the 40s and fighting Spider Beast mm. in the trenches of World War II. Maybe not Spider Beast. It'll be Spider, spider Beast ancestors, and it'll be uh, to protect Gary Busey's distant ancestors to make sure that Jake Busey yes who plays his is it no Luke Luke Busey 
Luke Busey, sorry. Luke yeah, Busey. Yeah. Busey. Yeah. Yeah, Jake's his brother. Yeah. He was 52. <laughs> what? Yeah. How old is Luke? Like 13. Come on, man. Gary's, Gary's got a problem with impulse control because of a brain injury, all right? <laughs> Mate, he's killing it. Fair he play. He's killing 66 it. and he's still pumping out kids. Fucking fair play, buddy. <laughs> speaking well of Peter, done. Speaking of Peter going back in time to the trenches, mm. this is the second time this week I've seen the actor Woody Norman, who plays Peter in this film. Okay. I saw him in The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which was also out this summer. And is a horror movie that was completely and utterly shelved by its distributor. And <laughs> this poor bloke cannot catch a fucking break. He's the, he's a starring role in two yeah. horror films out this year, and both of them have been fucking slid under the rug by <laughs> by the cinema. That's brutal. And he's fucking excellent in both. I need to watch the Demeter Man. I need to watch it. It's fine. Um, it's like a little. It's like a little hammer horror homage, you know. Yeah, I quite like that though. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I've been too busy watching fucking Memento. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. The Voyage of the Demeter is. It's alien on a boat. Mm. Ooh, so Jaws. <laughs> so Jaws. Yeah. What was your Jaws parallel? I just Jaws is one of those movies that's perfect. Right. Like, for me personally, it's a perfect movie. They play the creature so fucking well. It's, they give you just enough for it to be creepy and to keep you on your toes and to keep you, like, wanting to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. Right up until the pinnacle point Mm -hmm. where it's, like, all the build-up and all the tension just pays off in, like, an absolute chef's kiss beautiful way. On a much, much smaller scale, <laughs> on a much, much smaller scale, in the hour and a half movie Cobweb, mm. they, they do a similar thing with the creature. That it's, yeah. it's an elbow, or it's a shadow creeping across mm-hmm. the, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not creeping across the ceiling, darting around the ceiling with its long-ass hair whipping yeah, all over yeah, the, the yeah. fucking living room. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. But you fair. don't see it until like the final showdown, and I fucking adored that. It was such a nice little nod to old creature features. Do you know what's remarkable about Jaws and its perfection is... Go on. You're sat there through the whole film going, oh, I want to see it. I want to see it. Mm. I want to see mm-hmm. it. Like it's not a fucking shark. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I know what a shark looks like. (laughs) Yeah, but this one might be weird, Rob. It might be weird. It's so funny that Steven Spielberg's perfect movie, which we always talk about, the incredible reveal of the creature is like, you'll never guess what it was. Was it a shark? Yes, it was. Yes, it was a shark. (laughs) But did he have a tiny knife on his fin? We don't know. We don't know. We're going to have to go and watch it again. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do agree with you with the weird logic, right? There were two moments Mm. in this film that are incredibly effective, but are the reason it's not going to get a perfect 10 from me. It's it's not even close to a perfect 10, but this is one of the points I'm deducting. And one of them is there is a point in the film where he's hearing these noises behind his walls. And his dad's like, it's rats, ignore it. His mum's like, you've got an overactive imagination and you're a prick. Mm-hmm. So shut the fuck up about it. Stop waking us up. And then there's the little girl hasn't spoken yet, right? He's shining his torch on the wall. Yeah. And then the wallpaper while he sleeps like sucks in. Oh. Like it, it, it like gets sucked in by like, it's almost like there's a mouth on the other side, right? Yeah. That's never explained. Did you see it as being sucked in? I saw it as being pushed out. No, it's being sucked in. Are you sure? Yeah, man. This ain't some blue, blue and white, red and gold dress shit. This is it was being sucked mm. in. Mm. You watch films on a okay. phone, all right? No, I don't. No, I know you don't. What's I'm wrong just... with you? <laughs> I mean, I do, but I didn't watch this on a phone. <laughs> Fine. Uh, that's never explained again. The physics behind that—it's just a spooky, weird ghost thing. And while at that point in the film, I have a—I know why that happens. Why? It's to sow it's to sow doubt in the in the viewer's mind. Yes, okay, fine. Is it Peter's overactive imagination? Is he just imagining all this shit? Or, or is it a demon? Yeah, fine. Totally. Are you gonna side with the parents trying to protect their kid from themselves? Or is he into some real, like weird supernatural fucked up? I get that, but in the logic of the universe. Yeah, definitely. How is that explained? Is she just on the other side of the wall with her mouth against the wallpaper go? I think it's uh, I think it's uh, like a dream sequence. You know his right. little nightmare thing with the spinning rug. The bear rug spins. The, the spinning bear rug fucked me up, man. Yeah, that, that's not that's not okay. That's not. I don't okay. know why that fucked me up so much, but mm. that fucked me up. There's a yeah. There's a scene where he's he's having a having a big old nightmare, and he wakes up and he doesn't look at the floor, but we get a, a shot from above him. 
mm. and the bear rug spinning. And there's something about the juxtaposition of how sweet the bear rug is. Yes, that's. I think that's like, it. It's so cute and so childlike. Yeah. And it's being used in this sinister way that... Yeah. Even if you're not scared by it, it's just an unpleasant thing. That's what it is, though, man. It's not yeah. It's not scary. It's unsettling. That's it, yeah. It's the fact that this very cute, very sort of like, mm-hmm. aww, Innocuous. kind of bear rug is being used as like a tool of evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not, yeah, It's yeah. not okay. Also, Anthony Starr's eyelids are the loudest fucking things in existence in that nightmare. Right. Horrible. Anthony Starr. Give me some Anthony Starr, come on. Anthony Starr plays Homelander on The Boys. Mm -hmm. But I think he might be added to our list of undiagnosed X-Men. And he's got a shit power for an X-Man, but for a human being, it's incredible. I've never seen an actor who is so easily able to deliver the dialogue in the script without changing a word and make it mean the exact opposite thing. Oh, <laughs> you can you can Ooh. you can literally give him a thing, and you say, and the line is, "Hello, how are you? I hope you're okay." And he will deliver every single one of those words and make it the most sinister threat upon your life you've ever heard. That's and I don't know how he does it. <laughs> that's a fucking solid point, you know. Because <laughs> everything in this, where he's like. When yeah. he's asking Mr. Vine to leave the house and he's mm-hmm. just sort of like, I think you should leave. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to do it in a nice way, but it's literally like, I am going to grab my hammer, is what yes. I heard. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. And then exactly. when he when he like when he confronts her in the hallway, yeah. points to the door, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get yeah. out. Just he's, fucking bolt. He is nailed. And I mean in, in the boys, he's able to there is a scene in the boys towards the end of season two. Yeah. Uh, those of you that have seen it will know it's a close up on his face. He's covered in blood, mm-hmm. having uh, just had a fight with his current partner and, and a young lad. And he's given this moral quandary and he loses, essentially. He loses the, the company of the young lad. There's a close up shot of his face. And I swear to God, he is accurately and fully portraying about six different emotions. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. And I remember watching it and going, how the fuck is he doing that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's, he leaves his facial expressions open to interpretation, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. Yeah. Because I struggle with social cues as it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He's you an autistic I mean? nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking unreadable. It's literally unreadable. It's like if Dale went and had magic powers. Oh, like, God. It's fucking horrendous. Oh, God. Exactly. That supermarket would be swept. Mm. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Can I ask you, did you think that the parents in this were inherently evil? Or are we seeing them through the eyes of a manipulated child who's being led to believe that they're evil? So the upshot of this film is that they are cunts throughout the whole film. Yes. And then he lets out Spider Beast and it turns out that what they were actually doing was very badly parenting him away from Spider Beast, right? They've raised a child. Yeah. It's a murderous spider beast. There's a line that Lizzie... I mean, child's Ka- a strong word. Well, yeah. There's a line that Lizzie Kaplan, who plays the mother, delivers. Uh, Mr. Vine, the uh, over-nosy substitute teacher, has come round to check mm-hmm. on Peter, who's currently locked in the basement. So do you know what? Mark's for that. Um, mm. Yeah, right. But the, mother, the mother accuses her, like, you think I don't know how to look after my child... Uh, she gets really offended and upset, and she becomes hysterical. Yeah. And she says, yeah. uh, "I would, ne- I love Peter. I'd never give up on Peter. What mother gives up on her child?" Yeah. So the reason they're keeping Spider Beast in the walls and in the basement mm-hmm. is because they love her so much that they can't bring themselves to destroy her. Of course. Um, they don't solve problems with violence in that family. They Rob. don't. They don't. They tell you that. They do. They also. Anthony Starr sits Peter down and says, look, sometimes you have to make tough decisions to protect the ones you love. Yeah. Which is yeah, what yeah. they're doing every minute of every day. Yes. And there is no backing out of it now. So I see them not as good people or bad people. Well, no, I do. I see them as bad people as the upshot of this. They're terrible people. They're terrible people. <laughs> but I, what rationalizes... the child, Rob. What, what rationalizes it for me is, you know, at the end of the Babadook where she lives with the monster, she's, she's come yeah. to terms with her grief. Yeah. 
they've done that, but they're not good people. Yeah, they haven't dealt with it. They're doing good things or trying to, but yeah. they are they're not evil people, they're just ineffective people who've been twisted into bad people by the weight of stress that they've loaded onto themselves. Right? I think they're stressed out to fuck doing the yeah. best that they can with what they had. And what they had was fuck all is no support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. So yeah. they're doing the best of what they can, right? You can't keep a child in the walls for <laughs> however many years mm-hmm. because Peter's the second the second child, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the reboot. He's the Anthony Starr tries to tell Peter this mm-hmm. in the garden. He makes yeah, him dig yeah. a pit and then he points out all the pumpkins with black rot and he's like, Look, these pumpkins are infected, and if we don't deal with them now, they're gonna spread and mm-hmm. they they're, they're gonna in uh, they're gonna harm all the other pumpkins. They're gonna kill off the whole crop. Yeah, yeah. So we need to get rid of the the infected ones now yep. so they don't so it doesn't spread and kill off the crop. Yeah. And then we'll try again. Yes. Which is what they did with their children. I just wish yeah, that there yeah, was yeah. some other way of dealing with like Yeah. They're cartoonish in that regard. Um Yeah. It's it's a, it's an exaggeration, but the actual truth of what it's getting to is poorly equipped parents mm-hmm. making bad decisions and then sticking yeah. with them because they think that's what they're supposed to do and then just getting wrapped up in a loop of well we did the bad thing and rather than admit we made a mistake and ask for help we're just going to keep doing it because the more we do it the writer it gets yeah, yeah, yeah so there's a, there's such a grain of truth in that that sort of unequipped people who lack the resources and tools to deal with the situation doing it anyway and ending up as bad people Okay, and causing more hurt yeah, yeah. is a, is a hundred percent realistic and 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 uh, logical place to have characters. The way it's expressed is in a sort of uh, macabre fairy tale Tim Burton esque exaggeration, but it's we're viewing it from Peter's point of view as well. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're not hearing the conversations that the the parents are having. We're only hearing the tiny little snippets yeah, yeah. that we can catch at, at incredibly low volume, yeah. incredibly low volume, where. Um, They'll be talking in the living room, like whispering to each other. And they're like, well, we can't keep doing this. And then Anthony Starr's like, look, we need to do something. We can't keep mm-hmm. treating the the symptoms. We need to treat the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a great little snip because you're mm-hmm. like, after hearing everything the little girl on the wall's been saying and seeing that Peter is expecting them to come mm-hmm. and kill both his sister and himself. Yeah. And now they're in the living room debating on who's doing what. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, shit, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe they are coming yeah. to get you. But it's... There's a lot of play within the film, and I really fucking enjoy that. I love, I love the. We talk about it before. You love liminal movies, right? You can watch it one way, and it's one movie. You can watch it another, yeah. and it's another movie. Yeah, I yeah. think you can watch this as a creature feature. You can watch this as a psychological horror, or you can watch this as a, you know, a very theatrical and a very sort of vaudeville take mm-hmm. on family trauma and trying to understand actions of adults as a child and not understanding why they do things do you remember that when you were a kid and parents would make decisions and because when you're that age you assume that your parents have got like godlike omnipotence right you assume they know what they're doing parents are superheroes they're superheroes they know what they're doing they don't have any doubt they're always wise Mm. they know the best thing to do and so when you've got a situation like you did when you were growing up or like I did when I growing up where essentially you're being raised by somebody who's got no fucking clue. They're just doing their best. And like if I think back to how old my mum was when I can remember, I've got memories of being 10 and my mum mm-hmm. being my age. And I'm like, I don't fuck. Your mum was 10 when you were 10. <laughs> you had a memory when you were 10 you were like, hey, my mum's my age. No, I can remember. You sure that mama robs mama? <laughs> is this like a barbarian thing going on? <gasps> I've not is this seen a barbarian, barbarian thing that's I've not on? seen barbarian. Don't spoil it. <laughs> right. No, I'm saying I, I have memories. I have childhood memories of my mum. And if I do the math, she was like 33, 34, 35. Oh, right. Okay. So, okay. so in right. that analogy, you're Rob 10. And then also in that analogy, your mum is Rob IRL's life. Yes. IRL's life, IRL's age. Yes. Yes. Got you. And if I think of the sheer ineptitude that I run my life with and imagine mm-hmm. having a child I go oh a lot more of my child childhood makes sense now and the fact that it was as magical as it was is all credit to my mother whereas 100% man. right so I 100%. think that view of a child trying to sort of 
interpret parental decisions that they are totally unequipped for. It's brilliant. Especially when you've got like a fucking demon spider child whispering, they're going to kill you. Help me. I live in a grandfather clock. Yeah, but who didn't have that then? <laughs> Come on. It's a universal story. I still have that. You still have that. Yeah, the grandfather clock or the spider beast. I fucking wish I had a gland. <laughs> you wish you had a gland? I wish I had a gland. A glandfather. Just wish I had a gland. A glandfather yeah. clock. Or a gladfather, either or. It just, it just, uh, I wish I had a grandfather clock. So right, fucking yeah. bad. They're the scariest things that exist. Name a, name a more ominous item that you can just purchase in a shop. A wedding ring. Ooh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, okay, you win. Yeah, the, the speed with which I drew that as well says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> got, the, got the commitment issues in the top pocket there, buddy. <laughs> Where you would keep a ring if you were... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I've got, uh, I've got a little religious theory about this. Right. I think you're right about Spider-Beast being a demon. Right. And I think... Uh, the parents are just, you know, humans, whatever. Peter is the miracle. Yeah, yeah. And Mr. Vine is obviously intervening at every fucking opportunity that she gets. So the divine intervention is what saves Peter oh. from the demon spider beast type thing. You see, I was, do they call, when they call, when you call a character something, right? Mm. And it's another word. What? As in, like, the character is called Mr. Frost or. <laughs> okay. You know, it's the, their surname is a word that has symbolic meaning. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's an invitation to the audience to go, go on, figure that out, go yeah. on, figure that out. <laughs> right? So when they were like yeah. Miss Divine, and I'm like, oh, okay, subtext yeah, time, right? Let's go, yeah, yeah. let's go. <sighs> Wasn't much. Yeah, you know? there's nothing there. There's nothing it's there. It's just fun. It's fun. But this is what I like about it, though. There's like, it's like a fucking DIY jigsaw puzzle where every piece fits to everything. Yeah. Want a creature feature? Boom, there's your piece. <laughs> Want a fucking home invasion horror? <laughs> Boom, there's your piece. Want yeah. a, a deep look at family trauma passed down through the generations on based yeah. on horrible mistakes that you can no longer correct because it's been going on far too fucking long? Mm-hmm. Boom, there's your piece. Yeah, I suppose some films are like Lego kits, right? And once you once yeah. you're given a rough idea of what it looks like, you can put all the pieces together and go, "Oh, of course, it's a fucking spaceship." <laughs> Whereas this film feels a lot more like those collections of like magnetic ball bearings that just everything sticks to everything else. You got to keep it away from your phone. Oh god, I love those. <laughs> How fucking good were they, man? Why did, did they? Can we just can we normalize adults playing with like? Do you remember Wooly Willy? Sorry, Ben, I don't. And you just said, can we normalize adults playing with Wooly Willy? Yeah. I'm going to need toy. more context. It's a toy. It's like a picture of a bald man, and it's got like little oh, metal God. flakes. Oh, God. Was that called Wooly like Willy? A, yeah, like a clear oh, thing, and then you mate, used a yeah. magnet at the back of it to make a hairstyle. I used to, yeah. I used to get one of those in my stocking along with um, do you those mazes. I'm sorry, had- Rob. You used to get a Wooly Willy in your stocking for Christmas. <laughs> All right, Paul, sit down. <laughs> 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 I always used to get those um those little mazes that had a ball bearing in it. It was like a sheet of cardboard with like a yes. plastic maze. Dude, I've got a fucking I've got a Star Wars one up there. Yes. They're so fucking good. They're good. They They're are good. They're so good. And I had a helicopter thing that was like a Beyblade and it would spin a propeller that would then fly out and right. Yes, dude. I managed to get that so incredibly caught in my hair that mm. that was the last year I got one because it had to get cut out because I literally just put my <laughs> head on it and just pulled the ripcord on my hair and went oh oh, oh I no. thought it would be like a fan but it's not like a fan <laughs> it just hurts brilliant and it's not, yeah it's now not it's leaving. just pain and a haircut fantastic <laughs> which if anything is the last third of this film yeah it's mental it's absolutely mental uh, Lizzie Kaplan scares the shit out of me now I didn't realise that that was ever going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, no, because I, I had quite a crush on her in Now You See Me Too. She was the only redeeming factor of that film. In what? Now You See Me Too. fuck is Now You See Me Too? To have, well, it's the sequel to Now You yeah. See Me. Thank you for solving that <laughs> mystery puzzle, Poirot. What is the f- what's the franchise of Now You See Me? It is a... Well, I was going to say series, but there's only two of them because the first one was so bad. Uh, I can tell you why you haven't seen it. They are heist movies. 
Okay. In which every member of the crew yeah. is a magician. In the bin. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, all right, I don't care. Starring Jesse Armstrong, Woody Harrelson, Mark Ruffalo. Jesse Armstrong? Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg? Jesse Eisenberg, yeah, sorry. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Armstrong <laughs> won the Olympics when the Nazis were in power. I was going to say! <laughs> <laughs> It's like, who the fuck is Jesse? What Jesse are you on about? Jesse okay. Eisenberg, yeah. Uh, and it's Maybe got I'll Woody Harrison. They're awful. And and at, yeah, no point in, at no point in the movie do they determine whether or not they are magicians or wizards. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, actually, I might be on board with that. <laughs> yeah, you know? okay. That sounds quite good. Okay. I just thought they were going to be like shit party magicians that just go and do like we can count cards that's what we're told they are but then they do some shit right. that is legitimately only possible by a wizard oh. I watched a 45 minute breakdown of a man trying to tell me trying to figure out if they are wizards or magicians <laughs> <laughs> Ben don't watch these films they're terrible also Rob I watched a 45 minute <laughs> breakdown <laughs> Leo Vader on YouTube man I love the guy can we talk about the deaths in this movie because Fuck me. They're fun. I think that if this film hadn't switched to Creature Feature in the last third mm-hmm. and had these incredible, zany, Looney Tunes deaths, yeah. it would have been an entirely forgettable film. Yeah, it would have just faded into the background like most modern horrors. I think they make the film what it is. They do. Because suddenly it's this incredible place of fun and it's catharsis. Yeah. Like after quite a heavy film, you can't watch two thirds of a movie where a child is being objectively abused by his parents mm. and then not end it with some splattery, head exploding, people getting cut in half gore. Yeah. I think you need the <laughs> you need the over the top stupid deaths. Yeah. To sort of emphasize you are truly out of your you're out of your reality now. Yeah, like we're in we're in Spider Demon's reality. You know what I mean? Exactly. What was your favourite one? Oh, uh, Luke getting abused. Oh, that was pretty good. I, I, yeah, I wonder what happened to him like afterwards though. You know what I mean? He kind of got sucked up into the hair. No, so he gets sucked up into the hair and gets told, gets a stern telling off, yeah. which instills in him a strong sense of justice. So he then becomes uh, a police officer in LA where he will later hire Keanu Reeves to track right. down a gang of extreme sport enthusiasts who are heisting banks. Sure. <laughs> so this entire film is a point break mm. prequel. Yeah, I'm I'm down for it 100%. <laughs> show me show me the sequel. Let's get the sequel on the go like right now. 100%. Point um, cobweb. The best death for me is the decapitation. Oh, it's incredible. It's Hit at incredible. the top of the stairs, leaning yeah. over, wondering what the fuck's going on. Spider spider woman, I guess. Spider beast. <laughs> spider beast. On the, literally on the fucking wall, running mm-hmm. at him sideways. Yeah. Start banging him into a door, yeah. like fucking him up against this door. And then you just hear like a slit off screen. And then just this headless body comes like mm. stomping through. Stumbling. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, man. Um, The... The creature feature aspect, the home invasion aspect, the sort of morbid home alone aspect of this spider yeah. beast playing with her food, which is obviously, you know, uh, Brian, yeah. uh, Peter's bully and his cousins who have come to his house to get revenge. It all plays into every movie that I loved when I was a kid. Home Alone, yeah. fucking loved it. Evil Dead. Uh, Evil Dead fucking i mean even to an extent karate kids you know what i mean yeah. it's the underdog story of like <laughs> fucking your bully up which i guess peter does a little bit i mean he goes a little far karate just could be very leg. different he if breaks he, it yeah karate could be very different if you just booted kids downstairs yeah right <laughs> sweep the leg no hit the stairs it'd be great wax on the top stair <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great uh do you want to play a game i'd love to so we've established that Anthony Starr is a superhuman actor, capable yes. of delivering anything in such a way that no matter what it is, it is mm-hmm. super uneasy and you don't know whether or not to trust it. Yes. So he's fortunate that he's become an actor. My, my, my question to you is, 
and you can play this at home, you can get in touch with us. We've got a contact form on our website, www.everymovieeverpodcast.com. Ben built the website. It's incredible. New website. And there's a contact form. There you go. Uh, get in touch with us at home so you can play along on our game too. But Ben, I want to know what's the worst job that Anthony Starr could have done besides actor? Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to open okay. the game. I'm going to open the game with yeah. midwife. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fucking strong start. Your child is perfectly healthy. Oh my god, is he is he dead? Where is he? <laughs> He's great. Uh, okay. He's got all four limbs. Yeah. And a beautiful face. They're just in a separate bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with sexual health clinic doctor delivering bad news. Ooh, that'd be good. I don't think I could handle Anthony Starr telling me that I've got AIDS with a straight no. face. I don't think I'd be able to. I don't think yeah. I could live with myself. Think it's because I mean he... I don't think I could live with myself with AIDS, but you know what I mean? Because famously, famously, it's quite difficult to. But um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like in that situation, he'd deliver sad news, but yeah. somehow make it comical. Yes. And you'd be there going, I don't, I don't, you'd leave. <laughs> I don't trust this. And you'd call someone and you'd go, hi, I just thought I'd let you know because we had sex last week and I'm not sure if I have AIDS. <laughs> yeah, I might do. But I, I might, might not do. do. I think if I was to walk out of there, I'd do the old, have you ever seen Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, I do my own AIDS tests. I just phone my buddy and say, hey, do you know anyone with AIDS? And he <laughs> says, nah. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> just how you check you'd get Anthony Starr telling uh, you you got AIDS and you're like oh, I don't know if you're true I you'd phone, I'd phone you Rob yeah. do you know anyone with AIDS you'd be like no you're like, oh. oh fucking sick then because you know me let's go <laughs> I think construction worker he'd, Anthony Starr as a construction worker wouldn't be good no he would be burying bodies left right and centre <laughs> <laughs> every building in yeah. every fucking Every city that he worked in yeah. would have a body in the foundation of it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It would be made of mostly bodies. It would be bodies doing oh, yeah. most of the structural work and then a thin veneer of dry plaster. <laughs> you could <laughs> just HSBC rocking up to the yeah. grand opening of their new fucking thing and they're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, someone said you were going for French catacombs. Um, <laughs> so we yeah. just ran with yeah, it. Yeah. There are 195,000 skulls on these walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all locally sourced. You would not be able to pin up a poster without damaging a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> what are you rating Cobweb, Ben? I'm going to give this a seven, man. Ooh, Had a lot of fun with it. Nice. Uh, the pace changes a lot. <laughs> the, the genre changes a lot. <laughs> yes, it does. Soundtrack's sick. Soundtrack's incredible. Shout out to Drum and Lace. Cr actors are insane. The cast is insane in this. And they yeah. have a lot of fun with it as well. I agree. I think this is a solid seven. Uh, go mm. in with low expectations and you'll be very pleasantly surprised. Go in with high expectations, you'll be confused. Just enjoy it as a nice little 90-minute diversion into a weird... Thank you for what it is. Weird little Tim Burton-y, fairy tale -y morality tale. Yeah. It's fucking great. Fun as fuck. Do we have time for Comment Corner? Yes. Super quickly. My first one I wanted to bring attention to was Benny on TikTok commented on our little snip of Christopher Nolan talking about why he made Oppenheimer. Okay. And Benny says uh, he thinks people disappointed by the explosion in that movie missed the point that it wasn't um, like a literal thing. It was the, the gravity of the moment wasn't the explosion itself, but that the explosion happened instead of the world ending. Like it was a moment of relief. It was a moment of... Oh, good. We're still here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. We're not all dead. <laughs> We're not all dead. All right. I've got Vaccine Joe on our Instagram on one of the Oppenheimer reels. I took the train to New York to see it in 70mm IMAX. Blew me away. First time ever seen an IMAX movie that wasn't a documentary of some kind. I want to see Oppenheimer again at my non-IMAX local theatre, but I'm worried I've been spoiled. Yeah. Okay. I think you have. You have indeed. Like, you'll never go back. I was so impressed with how it looked on 70mm. And now now it's made me go, oh, I want to watch Hateful Eight in the original. I want to... It's yeah. made me like a film stock nerd. Yeah, and yeah, I really worry about that because I'm enough of a nerd about, like, 
sound already, you know? I know. And cameras and all this bullshit that you talk to me about constantly. And I love the, I love hearing you talk about it. I just have no clue what you're talking to me about. It's nice, though. Good save. I mean, it's the same with me in Magic the Gathering. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I talk to you about it constantly and you're courteous enough to just go, wow, <laughs> man, that's awesome. Whoa, oh, it does what? Oh, wow. They've Play had- that spell again and you win the game. Wow. Wow. They've added the Xenomorphs to the new Magic the Gathering deck. Great. Actually, that was dead by daylight. <laughs> oh, sorry. Again, I just- <laughs> it's just you. You proving to me that you don't listen. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. In summation, Vaccine Joe, you have been spoiled for Oppenheimer. I never used to give a fuck about IMAX. I watched Oppenheimer and IMAX. Now I give a fuck about IMAX. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to go. I'm. Um, we need to go get some fucking 70 millimeter uh, screenings in we at some do. point. Just I don't care what it is. Let's just go hang out. Whatever's and on is on. Watch something in 70 millimeter. By all means. Yeah, it's going to be sick. That was Comment Corner. If you want to be part of next week's corner, super easy. Just drop us a line on uh, comment on a TikTok or an Instagram. We've also got a Discord. Uh, and this week, we, Discord. we are hosting a movie that we are covering next week. We are going to do a watch along. Join the Discord and uh, you will find out when that is. Uh, yeah. Or just download the file because it is currently out of print. It is. Unable to be found anywhere. <laughs> it is currently available on uh, YouTube. But it's a Japanese yeah. film. And it they've is. only provided Italian subtitles. So if you are one of our listeners in Italy, mm-hmm. go ahead, mm-hmm. watch it on YouTube. Anywhere else in the world, join the Discord. It's available to download. And also, we're going to be streaming it and doing watch-alongs. I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be really fun, man. It's going to be fun. Um, we'll jump in. We'll have a laugh and a giggle. Thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us today, guys. It's been amazing. Um, I am feeling a thousand times better compared to what I was earlier, so that's good. Still not feeling good, though, right? (laughs) Oh, dude, I feel like absolute shit. I've been freezing and boiling throughout this whole episode, and I don't know (laughs) what is happening to my body. I'm so healthy. I'm so healthy. It's incredible. You're going to be good. I'm going to try and do the the mind over matter thing i'm gonna heal yeah. myself with words a hundred percent and you're vegan so you're getting your vitamin c right yeah sure and you get you'll sleep well tonight do you know what i had for breakfast today you're talking about being a vegan and eating healthy do you know what i had for breakfast today two hubba bubba i did have two hubba bubba <laughs> for breakfast today <laughs> i'm 35 years old this do year you know how i know and i had two hubba bubba for breakfast go on because when we recorded an episode mm. earlier in the week Mm-hmm. That's what you'd had for breakfast that day as well. Yeah, I bought I bought five hubba bubba. <laughs> I had eaten three and I found the other two this morning. <laughs> and that was my breakfast. Jesus Christ, dude. You need to look after yourself. Buy more hubba bubba, I know. Yeah, That's okay. what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. man. Let's go get some fucking bubba. Or, Let's go bubba and 70 mil. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Try and find me some nutritious vegetable that mm. tastes nice when you eat it alongside a hubba bubba. Do it in the name of science. That way you're getting your vitamins and hubba bubba. Parsnip. And we're getting information. Parsnip. I don't know. Try it. Let's let's find out. Parsnips are kind of sweet. Yeah, there you go. Give it a go. We love you all so fucking much. Thank you again for hanging out. We'll be back next week for our episode on... Japanese Spider-Man. Oh, Japanese Spider-Man. There we go. Available in our Discord. Uh, go watch it go watch it on our discord and in the meantime i'm going to cosplay society and do what society always does and tell you to consume while ben Mm. thanks you for the hour of time you've given us by giving you a positive affirming message to take through your week based on the themes of this film no 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 fuck that i feel like shit so it's supposed to be like some positive you know what's it calls but this film i think it calls for something else you know what i mean there's a moment where Anthony Starr is uh, is with his son Peter in the garden and he stands all menacingly and sinister in the doorway and just says now now son be careful not everything is as sweet as it seems and that's what I'm going to leave you with unless it's hubba bubba for breakfast that shit's sweet as fuck <laughs> <laughs>